Welcome to the Nick Fong Podcast. As the broker and owner of Ronaval Real Estate, Nick has spent nearly 20 years in Baja, California, sir. And in this podcast, he'll be talking everything Baja, from food and culture to real estate and property management. And now, here's your host, Nick Fong. All right, welcome back to the Nick Fong Podcast, and today I'm extremely excited because our special guest is Daniel Espinosa. Daniel, I haven't met Daniel before, but I know him very well, and mainly because my wife, Rocio Montano, is a super fan. Not only a super fan, but a super consumer of Daniel's jewelry. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Nick, for the invitation. I'm very glad uh, to be here with you and all the people that is going to hear this conversation that we are going to have. Thank you for having me. No, it's my pleasure. And for those that don't know who Daniel Espinosa is, um, tell us, who is Daniel Espinosa? Well, I, um, I'm a Mexican jewelry designer. I was born in, uh, in the south of the country, um, two hours south of Mexico City, in a, in a silver town that is called Taxco, T-A-X-C-O. For those of you that uh, haven't been there yet, that is uh, the place where all the Americas, when the Spaniards came and conquered our country, uh, where they were looking for uh, more metal to to make guns or to make some, um, well, guns that they can continue uh, the expansion of the uh, of, of this uh, conquer that they did, and they find out that this small town uh, was has beautiful and great mines, so it can be uh, read in the letters that uh, the uh, Hernan Cortez wrote to uh, his majesty, the, the queen, uh, the king, uh, the Spanish king, and tell him, we find out that this is, this is a very rich area in silver and gold. So they start uh, using their techniques, getting all this metal. And for many centuries, it was uh, a wonderful uh, place that expanded the, the empire for them. So after this um, initial place, which is Tasco, they start with other regions in the country. And uh, these regions, after getting uh, this recognition as a minor towns, they start working and creating some uh, religious items for, uh, for the crown or for the church or for some people who can, uh, who can use it and pay it at that time. And we are talking about uh, 1520s, 1540s, when they uh, start this. And that's uh, where this little small town became so prosperous and rich and very well known. And uh, it was built uh, same as a colonial uh, southern, uh, like Seville or some of these uh, southern cities of Spain. And uh, it has a beautiful landscape, white houses, red roofs, a fantastic, beautiful place. So that's where I come from, and that's uh, where the history of this little town for the colonial times, because of course it was before that all the empires, the the, 
Mexican empires were there as well as part of the group of uh, uh, towns that they belong to the Mexican empire, to the Aztecs. So uh, that's, as a Mexican that I can tell you who I am, is uh, a boy was, that was born and raised there and start playing with the silver uh, as a game in the workshops of many of my uh, friends and the workshops that my family, small one, that they used to have. And that's how I start my uh, relation with the silver jewelry and uh, in general with the beauty of creating uh, these pieces for men and women. Okay, and how many years ago did you start your jewelry business? I started working in the jewelry business when I was 17 years. I was an entrepreneur, a very young entrepreneur. I started at the same time that I started the college, doing the business and school at the same time. And I moved from Mexico City, from Tasco to Mexico City at the age of 17. And that's when I started, but only trading, no designing at that time. And um, a few years later, after, after I finished college, I decided that I wanted to do something. Uh, I already learned about this beautiful business, but I wanted to do it in a different way. So in between when I was 17 and when I was after when I get 22, I uh, learned with many designers and many companies in, in the United States and in Europe. So for those five years, even though that I was studying, I had the opportunity to have business and to learn from all these companies about the, another business, which is how to create a brand. And um, at that time, I didn't know exactly what to do with the knowledge and after finishing the school, what to do. But do I want that something was 100% sure. I didn't want to do the same regular wholesale business that I, that I was doing. Uh, so I decided to go to study jewelry design at the GIA in, uh, in, in California. At that time it was in Santa Monica and I started studying jewelry design. Uh, and I, I think it was a fantastic uh, decision because it made me understand from a very different perspective the world of the jewelry and um, understanding as well, uh, because I have a classmate uh, from uh, China, Taiwan, uh, India, Brazil, and many other countries that came to learn jewelry design. And it was a wonderful, a wonderful moment. And, uh, and then a few years later, two, three years later, I decided to launch my, my own collection and my own uh, brand. And here I am, a few years later, 30 years later, here with you. Well, Daniel, that's a, a, a very long history, um, a lot of travel, a lot of different people that you've met and been inspired by. Um, how would you say that your travels has influenced your art, your jewelry? 100%, because... Um, if you see the names that I uh, use for each of the collections, uh, I take the essence that I found in each of these travels, 
it can be in my own country or it can be any other country where I visit. So uh, that's why you see some of them has the name of a Spanish town or a, a, a play in Turkey, a, a place in Turkey or in India or in, in Europe, Northern Europe, uh, United States, Brazil, uh, Latin America, because all these uh, richness that I see in the in each culture and each people that I met uh, influenced me to create these collections. And it, what, each of them is different. And uh, each of them has their own flavor and own culture and uh, own aesthetic. So uh, I think uh, it's very, very important that the union of all these trips, I put it all together and then I create these collections back when I am in Tasco in my workshop there. And of course, I'm extremely influenced because I also love to travel uh, as much as I can. So uh, it can be seen and uh, reflected into each collection. So are all of your jewelry pieces manufactured in Tasco? Let's say 95% of it is made in Tasco. And uh, the reason why the other 5% is not is because stones, not all the variety of the stones uh, can be found here. So I have to travel either to India or Brazil or some other countries to find out these beautiful stones to, to be founded and put it together. But the place where the magic starts is all in Tasco. So Daniel, um, talking about beautiful stones, jewelry. I heard that you were involved in a TV show called The Crown. Is that true? <laughs> yes, I, I was invited by, uh, by Netflix when we got, when I got the invitation. I, I was very happy. I got an email and it says we would like to have you as our designer to be part of the third uh, of the uh, of the crown, but that is launching of the third uh, season. season. Will be will be launched, and we will invite only one uh, Latin American designer uh, to be inspired. And actually, working with a company like Netflix is fantastic because they provide you with all the freedom that you want as a designer as far as you understand the what is the history behind it and then they allow you to use all the possibilities that you have any materials any inspiration uh, all the history and the culture of their own uh, country and of course in latin america and spain because they selected uh, invited me and selected me to be the ambassador for this season and create a crown uh, for them. And it was, it, as you can understand, they work with very short time and very short notice because of uh, the secrecy of when is going to launch it, who is going to be there, how it's going to be presented. So we have to work in and prepare the piece, in design it in one week and, and make it in another week to be on time. And we, we did a, uh, a lot of effort with my artisans uh, getting this done, but it was fantastic. They work and they were very excited to understand 
that we are going to be part of this fantastic um, show and worldwide will be seen in many different countries and we will present our culture and through their hands, uh, we will show the beauty of our country as well. Hey, thanks for being a part of the Nick Fong podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest updates. And if you're watching this on our social channels, please like and share. And if you want to be featured or you want me to talk on a certain topic, food, activities, culture, real estate in the Baja, drop a comment. So you literally designed and manufactured the crown for the crown in two weeks. The crown that we used to do the launching of the season, that's what I did. Because uh, of course the crown has, we don't have, uh, we don't have royalty of course, but they allow me to use the icons that we have in our culture, like uh, Frida Kahlo, uh, Diego Rivera, and many other uh, sculptures and painters, and including my own work using the most uh, recognized shapes like the roses and shadows and pearls and um, uh, as well the, the beads and the spheres. And I put it together in this, in this crown. And when I finished it, they asked me, and uh, do you have a name for it? And I said, yes, I do have a name for it. And the name is going to be Frida. There is no better name than Frida because uh, she represents the beauty of the country, the, the strength of a woman, uh, a, um, a, a really important presence that now is recognized. But at those times, uh, Frida and Diego Rivera were living a very complicated moment uh, as an artist creating and expressing themselves. So uh, it, it was very interesting. And also, uh, Nick, I have to tell you, because Frida and Diego, they like to travel a lot because of the work or because they enjoy to bring people together into beautiful places like Cuernavaca or even Tasco. So they, they had a house, they rented a house uh, to be in Tasco with uh, Trotsky, this uh, Russian uh, politician that, uh, came to Mexico and they were hiding him in their houses in Cuernavaca or in Tasco. And, uh, and they had uh, with many artists and many uh, famous people at that time, the 19, 1940s, 1938, something like that. They were living in Tasco and they were uh, spending some time. And uh, so they uh, enjoyed the beauty of this town and they, they really uh, show all these people that came from different parts of the world and different parts of the country to, en to enjoy places like Tasco. And their house uh, where they were living is about uh, three minutes walking from my uh, family home, which I pass every single day going back and come forward from the school. Every single day I pass by these places that has these fantastic people staying there. So imagine, uh, and these are very narrow streets that you walk through in the little mountain, seven mountains that that is where Tasco is located. So uh, as a child, hearing all this information, it was fantastic. And uh, 
and it's after that when I understood their lives, it was great to 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 be part of what uh, my work is now. So I'm I'm really proud that my team and I could be able to create this fantastic crowd using our imagination and their skills to get it done. Well, it's amazing that you could integrate them into the crown also, Mexican culture, um, Mexican artists. Is their house in Tasco, is that like a museum now? I mean... It should be, Nick. It should yeah. be. But it's not. It's not. Uh, and it's very unfortunate that it's not. I asked uh, a friend a few days ago what happened with that house. And that house stays there. Is oh. is not uh, used it anymore. Nobody lives there, and uh, and the people doesn't know this story that they live there. And I got a few pictures. I was lucky to 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 get them to, to buy these pictures originally from the photographer before he dies. He passed away, and I bought it. And I got it in my in my casa de plata, which is a museum that I uh, it's, a, it's a building that I. Um, uh, constructed pre-1917 uh, to preserve all these heritage that we have. Wow. And uh, so I'm trying to put together uh, a silver collection that I've been collecting from different parts of the world and all these pictures that are part of the uh, task force history. And uh, we are uh, getting more teachers to continue the tradition of the silversmiths to the young generations mm -hmm. because they only want to do technology. And I think that's fantastic that someone has to keep this beautiful in their hands and in their hearts and put it and create it. So um, Casa de Plata is not only the place where we create it, it's also where we try to preserve all these uh, manual uh, techniques that belongs to, the, that belongs to everyone. And uh, I think that's the, the legacy that I, that I want to share with uh, everyone, besides not only showing how to create a jewelry, but how it was created uh, 50 years ago, 70 years ago. And now with a, a new eye and a new perspective, we can create more contemporary pieces, but keeping the weight that it was manufactured many years ago. And that's what we learned to do. No, that's that's beautiful. Um, and you, as you've built your business over the years and your popularity has risen, the number of stores and your physical presence, not just in Mexico, but internationally has grown also. How many stores does Daniel Espinosa have now? Well, um, we, we have uh, been very lucky having the trust of many many countries um, before the pandemic uh, the numbers of the stores was 75 after that it was reduced and we increased our business but we want to kept the more iconic places like Cabo or Cancun or Tulum um, and we are recreating the whole strategy to, to maintain the, the distribution of this beauty and uh, like with all these technologies, I think will be, a, will be a good balance to have the physical stores 
and the online boutiques in different parts of the world, but keeping it it's still keeping a very boutique size because I want them, we don't have thousands of hands working behind uh, my collection. And that's, I think it's fantastic because the, lim the pieces are limited edition. Sometimes one store tries to get the one or the other piece because there is only one or two of them. And we have all these locations and we have the online. And uh, that was, uh, I think it's in this way, very fortunate to understand how to balance the, the uh, both online and offline. So it's interesting, the process that we are uh, going through. Now, uh, you have had a store and a physical presence in the Cabo area for a number of years. What, what does Cabo and the Baja mean to you? Well, uh, I have uh, so many good friends over there in Cabo, and um, having the presence there is, is extremely important because we have this physical window where people is relaxed and the people is enjoying their holidays and uh, or they spend part of the year in, uh, in Baja and has the time to understand, to see, to feel, and um, to hear uh, uh, through our, uh, our team there, which uh, you know very well, Alberto and the whole team there, they do, the they do a fantastic work uh, transmitting all this, what is happening in another part of the, of the country where we are creating not, not just a beautiful piece, but a piece with a lot of history behind each of them and understanding this part. So it's extremely important because we have people from the States, we have people from South America, Central America, traveling to, to enjoy the beauty of, of Baja and particularly Cabo. And many people that also live there that enjoy very much now to, uh, to be proud as Mexicans of uh, we create beauty through the jewelry and using um, all this uh, knowledge that we have for many generations, but with a new way of creating these this pieces. So, Daniel, I have a question for you. Um, <clears throat> my wife, Rocio, is a huge fan of yours. She has so many pieces of your collections, and she gave me a bracelet of yours that you designed, and it's really cool. It has a, like a Spartan helmet. Um, what seems to me, is that actually, do you recall like this piece, if the Spartan helmet, I mean, is there any inspiration there of, it looks like a, a like a military kind of helmet. It's, a, it's an element that we, we, we understand mainly because that's the way I started the feminine collection. But mm -hmm. when my, uh, female customers say, Daniel, I need to give something to my boyfriend, to my husband, to anyone, the men's in my life. So mm -hmm. I start creating jewelry for men. And it's also very interesting. It was a challenge at the beginning because I don't use much jewelry. Now I am using this brooch for the, for the jacket. But uh, in, the, in, the, in the regular days, uh, only when I go to the, to the beach or something, I use the more bracelets or something more with natural feeling. 
let's say, but uh, creating the jewelry for men is a challenge because you don't know exactly if this man is going to be working in uh, Cabo or is working in an office in Mexico City or in another city of the country or New York. So has to, it's very open. And depending on each personality, and we have to use these uh, masculine elements to be part of the of the collection. And as you can notice, I don't know if that was a gift or that was something that you bought yourself, but uh, it has these elements that you can notice. It was thing to to be created. No, it would, it's a phenomenal piece, and it was a gift from Rocio. And um, so this is my only piece from you, but. Uh, Rocio has dozens, if not hundreds, of pieces of yours. And um, I, I really appreciate your time sharing with us. Um, what direction do you see your brand going? Now that we're in 2021, so much has changed since the pandemic. You talked about a little bit earlier that um, a lot of online presence. But what, what new projects do you have lined up? in the near future? I have one project that I, I, I'm I, very uh, enthusiastic to share with you. It's very new. You you cannot do it very much yet because we are launching and you have uh, uh, the premises now uh, here. That the, the news is that we are launching a program that we call uh, Recycle, Reuse, redesign and oh. that one is uh, first of all to be um, close to our earth uh, we want to work together with our customer who has many many beautiful pieces that enjoy it very much but sometimes and particularly after when this pandemic finish is that I think all of us are going to be more close to the nature and we don't want to consume as much as we did before or we wanted to use whatever has more quality in many senses. And that uh, is going to take us to reuse, redesign and recycle the jewelry that we have. And uh, I want to work together very closely with my customers who has collections from many, many years and work it together to recreate the piece. If they love the stone, then uh, we create, uh, if, they, if we have a ring and they want to keep the ring because it's the stone or the piece or the metal, because it's a beautiful gift from somebody uh, loved, and, uh, but we want to keep it and change a little bit and maybe create a brooch or create a necklace or create something that you keep the, essence of the gift that you receive or something important in your life when you got your first job or you give you get a new job or a new position in the company or something like that that you want to keep but you are you understand that it's important to uh to maintain the natural resources then uh we will work together to create a tiara or to do something with it play let's play with these pieces that you already have and, um, and there are many people who is already asking for the appointments that now we are working online uh, through Zooms or to different um, meetings uh, to recreate whatever they have in their head, in their head, thinking what they want to do. 
and uh, we worked together and we became co-creators of this uh, fantastic piece that they already have. And in that way, we do whatever of the three piece possibilities, reuse, redesign, recycle. And that's what we want, that I wanted to do a, as a personal challenge for myself to be able to, to push it and to be uh, very proud of uh, see how these pieces reborn and uh, and keep the same beauty and the same feeling, but uh, being friendly with the with the, with the nature. I, Daniel, that's amazing. Recycle, reuse, redesign. I think that's a great new initiative. I'm really excited to see that. Um, I know. Uh, Rocio is going to be real excited to see what you come out every month, every new collection, and I hope to, to meet you in person here in Cabo sometime soon, and, and I appreciate your time, and everyone, make sure to follow Daniel. He's very active on Instagram. Make sure to follow him, and until the next podcast, bye for now. Thank you, Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nick Fong Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Ronaval Real Estate. And follow Nick on Instagram at nickfong underscore Ronaval. Ready to find your Baja dream home? Check out the latest property listings at ronaval.com or findmexicohouses.com. Hasta luego.